Great to see all of you today. Thanks for coming. And uh, if you weren't not here over the last uh, several weeks, or perhaps you're brand new to Brookside, what I'm about to do here in the next few minutes is not something I normally do at this point in the service. Uh, in fact, uh, it's, it's not going to be just a little bit different. It's going to be very different from what I normally do. I'm not going to preach right now. And, uh, but let me tell you, I'm every bit as excited to uh, be able to share with you what I'm going to share in the next uh, 20 minutes. In fact, just to really set it up and put it in perspective, uh, for a guy who's a pastor, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, all right? So that's pretty big, right? Once-in-a-lifetime for, for a pastor to be able to do what I'm going to do here right now. But before I say anything, you know, I, I think it might be good to say, just kind of get the elephant out of the room. It's been kind of fun here, some of the comments, things going around during this week. So I just want you to know that I'm, I'm not announcing my retirement this morning, okay? And in case you were, you were they really, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> they really cheered first service. No, just kidding. <laughs> All right. So, you know, Becky and I are not going to move to, you know, Florida before winter hits. So you don't, you don't have to worry about that. You know, I, every, each Sunday, Jeff and I, as we, as we preach, and Tim and Times he's preached, one of the things that we try to do, we want to do, is be able to give you a takeaway that you can walk out of this building and, and you'll remember that, the, the, the big thing that we would want you to remember every time for each one of the sermons we do. And the one that I, I'd like you to, to, to write down, you can write it, if take notes, this could be the only, might be the only notes you'll take this morning, because I'm not going to preach. But the thing that I, I would hope you would walk away with today is that God is faithful. God's faithful. God is absolutely, absolutely faithful. Okay? So, now... Have you ever noticed how quickly life goes, time passes? Anybody? You know, you, you wake up in the morning and you have a jam-packed day and before you know it, you're crawling back into bed at, at night or, or it's even true of a week. I mean, have you ever said, where did this week go? Yeah, I just, you know, and, and, and it's true of a year. I mean, I, I cannot believe it. It just blows my mind that today is November 17th. Next week is Thanksgiving, right? Next week, Thanksgiving. I mean, where, this, this week, this year seems like a blur to me, this whole year. I, as much as any year, it seems that way. And, and, it's, and it's definitely true of a lifetime. And Becky's mom turned 88 this year. If you were to sit down with her and have a conversation, uh, I, I'm sure she would tell you, boy, it, didn't t- it, it sure doesn't seem like it took long to get to 88. Uh, it, it seemed to go so fast, seemed to go so fast. So here I am today. 62 years old, and in a way, it almost seems like yesterday, and when, when I was actually 29, I mean, a few months later, when we actually ended up moving here, I was 30, but when Beck and I first drove here, uh, I was 29 years old, Becky was 30, uh, just so you know that, a little bit older than me, but we, we, we first time we'd ever been to Omaha back, back then, and, um, and to meet with a group of 12 people who were wanting to plant a church in West Omaha. And Greg was five, and Nikki was three, and 
Again, never been here before. In fact, I'd, in some ways, because we've been in the orbit of Chicago for so long, kind of felt like a certain point we'd like dropped off the end of the earth, like, whoa, you know, this, this is far from everywhere. Kind of felt that way. And, and, uh, but, you know, even after, we, even after we came here, Nikki had a bit of a problem, this little three-year-old girl figuring out what Omaha was. Because what we did, we stayed at a, a hotel on I-80 at the Amana Colonies. I don't know if anybody's ever been there, but it had a great swimming pool inside. And so we had this, we had this fa- fantastic time as a family when we, that, that when we stopped there and stayed overnight. And, and so we get here to Omaha, and, and Nikki kept on going like, I can't remember her exact phrase, but it was like, we got to the point like she wanted to go to Omaha. Like, where? I want to go back to Omaha. And we were like, what's she talking about? And then one day, Becky was driving down I-80. And on 72nd Street, you know, there's that large hotel. And this little three-year-old girl, Nikki, pointed to the hotel and said, Omaha, Omaha. So she was thinking Omaha was that hotel that we had stayed in. And she was really frustrated that we were not there anymore. And she wanted to go to Omaha. So it was 1981. And I'm 29, 30 years old. We come here. The church is just beginning. 14 adults, including Becky and I, and seven children, including uh, our, our two kids. And we're excited. We're like, you know, we're all, all of us together, this little church, we're, we're all going like, man, you know, how's this all going to go? You know, how's it going to turn out? And, and, um, and as, we, as we just dreamed of what we had in the future, so much to look forward to. And now it's 2013, 32 years later. And I'm every bit as excited for the future as I was back then. And I, just, I pinch myself with that because that's a real privilege, honestly, to, to be a pastor of one church for so many years and to be able to continue to be excited about its future and, and excited about the part that I can play in it. Um, in some ways, I'd say even more excited. And one of the reasons this is true is because, uh, what I'm going to share with you here in the next few minutes. Isn't it true? You know, one of the things that's, that's often said, and, and sometimes we don't do it real well, is how important it is to prepare for the future. You know, we're, we're not just living for the moment, but we're, we're thinking wisely as we look ahead and we're looking at our, you know, the opportunities and the time and, and how we use our time and how we use our, our resources. It, I think if there's, if there's any place that this is so important, I mean, of all places, it's certainly in the life of a church. And as I look back over, over these last 32 years, I, 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 you know, there, there are times when I would say, you know what, I've done pretty well at thinking, thinking about what the future is for our church and, and working together with our staff and our elders and in, in planning, you know, what we should be doing to really be prepared for the, for the years ahead. And so there are times where I think I've done pretty good, and then there's other times where I'd think, ah, I wish I would have done a little bit better at that, Okay. But there's one thing, one thing that I believe I've done well when it comes to looking into Brookside's future, where I can kind of, you know, kind of pat myself on the back. Where, where I plan for what needed to be done for the health and the success of our church. And, and here's what it is. It's, it's thinking about who will someday lead this church when I step aside from being the leader. <laughs> 
who will take my place. Church has, has been a part of my entire life. And so, you know, I grew up in church. I've been a pastor all these years. And so I, I, know, I know a bit about what makes church go well and what can make things succeed. And, and I know a bit about how, what it takes for things to go, to go south. And one of the things that I've, I've, I've heard often, I mean repeatedly, I heard it when I was in seminary, I, you know, I heard about it, I, 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 when I was a kid I would even hear about it in the church that I grew up in, and, and, and I've heard it many, many times during these years that I've been a pastor, is, is the, the conflict or the turmoil, the struggle that can take place in a church sometimes when when a pastor, when a guy's been a pastor in that church for a very long time, and and then the time comes, he he leaves for whatever reason, and there is really no plan, no plan at all for what should happen when that happens. You know, for whatever reason he leaves, so go to another church, or or he's all done. He's old enough to you know to retire and. And, and stop, or, or, you know, he, 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 he keeps repeating the same sermon Sunday after Sunday, and they, they finally, you know, force him out, you know, that, that kind of a deal. And, um, <clears throat> and so what happens most often in a church like that is that they would hire a pastor uh, and it, that they had never met before. They they would, the first time they'd ever see him is when a search committee found this guy that they thought was the right guy for the church, and they would, they, they would, they would go through that whole process of interviewing, and they would, they would bring him to the church, and he'd spend the weekend with everybody, and the big thing that they were always interested in is how can he preach? You know, can I, can I listen to this guy week after week after week? And, 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 and then if they finally, you know, they might do that several times until they got the right guy, and then they'd bring him, and he'd become their pastor but because the church didn't know him and he didn't know the church he 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 wasn't as good a fit as as everybody thought that he was and added to this there wasn't any kind of a relationship that had been built making it and and, and what that did was it it made it very hard for people to accept him you know I mean they it was like a stranger suddenly got dumped in their midst and they had a hard time accepting him as their leader. And it's like they, they wanted to go back to what they thought were the good old days. You know, the good old days with the good old guy. And, and that kind of a thing. And, and, and people would complain. And, 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 and people left the church. And, 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 and within two years, I mean, I kid you not. This would happen over and over and over again. With, within two years, that guy was asked to resign or he resigned himself. And that was re really very sad. It was tragic because a lot of people suffered in the midst of it all, especially that guy and his family. And, and yeah, and, and, and then, you know what was really sad is that there would be this lost time, like two wasted years in the life of that church as they just went through this time of struggle. So, when I began to realize that I could actually be at Brookside for a very long time, I think it was about my 10th year here at the church, 1991, when I, when I realized that, I began thinking to myself, you know, how can we avoid that kind of a situation ever happening at Brookside? 
when I step aside from being the lead guy. And I, and I don't remember how it happened, and, you know, um, but I, I began to think that it would be, you know what, it would be a very cool deal if somebody would be, become part of our staff who over time would emerge as the right person to become the lead pastor of our church, would I stop, you know, when I stepped aside from doing that? Someone, someone who knew the church well and who the church knew every bit as well. So the Brookside wouldn't have to go through all of that kind of a struggle and, and, and wasted time, but, but instead we could just keep moving, you know, like it would be a seamless transition and, and we could just move forward, you know, with our ministry without any hiccup, without anything happening that would, you know, shut things down for a while. So that was my dream. Fast forward 10 years, okay? God's faithful, everybody. Okay, God's faithful. It was June in 2001 that this Jeff Dart guy was brought on staff as our middle school pastor. And many of you know that Brookside's always had this close relationship with Cornerstone Church in, in Ames, Iowa. And, and, and um, John Alford was, our, was, at that time, was our student ministry director. He was our High school pastor. Isn't that something? John was once young. You know, just think, <laughs> think of that, you know. And, 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 and John met Jeff uh, when he went to, uh, uh, through knowing one of the pastors at Cornerstone who highly recommended Jeff. I, I still remember John's excitement when he came back and he told me about Jeff, you know, the, the, the commitment that he saw in him to Jesus Christ and, and, and how God had gifted him for ministry with our middle school students. John was just, he just saw that in him. He was convinced of it. And I can tell you, everybody, I was impressed with Jeff from the very beginning. It didn't take long for me to, to see that John was totally right in what he saw in Jeff. And, 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 and one of the things that became very clear to me very quickly, and, and I, believe it, I believe it is number one in importance for somebody in ministry, is the character of Jeff, the character I saw in him. I, I saw somebody with a servant heart, I mean, right from the very beginning. I saw somebody who had a a humble and a teachable spirit. I, I saw somebody who had a high level of integrity, and I saw somebody who had a, who had a very solid work ethic. Uh, one of my fun memories of Jeff is uh, way back, you know, early on when he was starting, and we had a big, big snowstorm. And I don't, I don't know if it was, I think it must have been on a Friday, because I still had to get here on Saturday morning, and we had a lot of snow, and I had things I had to get done, and and I thought I was, I'm going to be the only guy who shows up. And I pulled into the parking lot, and guess what? Jeff's car was parked there. You know. And I don't know where the rest of the staff was, but anyway, I just, you know. Yeah. But I watched as Jeff successfully led our middle school ministry. I saw how he, he won the love of the students and he earned the respect of the parents. And so it was sometime during the th that his third year, believe it or not, during his third year, 
that I began to wonder to myself if Jeff Dart might possibly be the guy who could someday become the lead pastor at Brookside. And so Jeff led our, our middle school ministry for five years. He, he did this until 2006 when he took uh, Johnny Alford's position as our student ministry director, becoming our high school pastor. And we hired Brad Zook as our middle school pastor. And so now Jeff had somebody reporting to him, which gave us the opportunity, another, another way to kind of do an assessment of, of Jeff's leadership ability. And all this time, I'm thinking about Jeff possibly being... Brookside's next lead pastor. And so with this in mind, I began spending more time with him than I did with other staff members and talking informally about ministry. And, 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 and I also gave him the opportunity to preach on a very limited basis on Sunday mornings, you know, like the time when I knew a lot of people would be gone, you know, <laughs> that, you know, like, and, and Jeff knew what I was doing. I mean, it would be like after Christmas or after New Year's, you know, that kind of deal when, you know, I wasn't taking too much of a chance. That. But I got to tell you, the response to Jeff preaching was positive from the very first Sunday that he preached, okay? And every time, and I remember thinking to myself, that's good. I'll, boy, this, this, is, this is looking good. I like that. And I saw that Jeff, he, you know, he, that teachable spirit, he was eager to learn how to do better at preaching. It, it was never any pushback when I, would, when I would coach him and say, you know, you might do this different or do that or whatever. He always was open. He was always open to my coaching. So in 2008, we added preaching uh, to his job description. We gave him the title teaching pastor, and he started preaching about 12 times a year, and then we've increased that to 15 times a year. And, and so he, he continued being our high school pastor, but we, he was now also a teaching pastor. And, and, and listen, everybody, Jeff took this on understanding the privilege that it was, okay? He knew it was a privilege, and he also knew that, it, that it, it came with a responsibility to do his very best, you know, working hard at preparing his sermons and working hard at learning how to preach better, how to, how to deliver those sermons. He, he always worked hard in every sermon, almost to the point of agonizing over it. And, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I got to tell you, if a, if a preacher doesn't agonize over pre preparation and how he preaches, he shouldn't preach. Okay, you got to take it that seriously. And what I kept on hearing over and over and over and over again consistently is how much everybody loved Jeff's preaching. That just blessed my heart to hear it. I just, I can't tell you the number of times I'd sit out there and I'd listen to him preach and I'd go like, oh, I just, just love it, you know? You know, I never compare myself to the Apostle Paul, but, you know, Paul had a, a young guy underneath him who uh, he had started a church in Ephesus, stay in Ephesus. Paul started the church. He had him stay there. His name was Timothy. Paul wrote him two letters, all about ministry, and, and churches and pastors have benefited ever since, and it was this kind of a mentoring relationship, and, and, and in a certain way, Jeff and I have had that relationship. It's kind of a mentoring, my mentoring Jeff. And now it goes both ways, actually, now. now. 
And there were, there were a couple statements that Paul wrote to Timothy that I thought would be kind of fun to show you because, in a way, I, I, I shared that with Jeff. One, one is from the uh, first letter that he said, <clears throat> he, he wrote, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> it's this statement. He said to Timothy, command and teach these things. Don't, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. You know? But set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, in purity. I remember, I remember you know, one of the first times five, after Jeff maybe had preached five times or whatever, I had somebody come up to me uh, and said, are you going to keep on doing that? And I said, doing what? Are you going to keep on having him preach? I said, yeah, you better believe it. That's why I'm having him preach, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I had that conversation. Because it was, the attitude kind of was, you know, well, he's so young. You know, how can you have somebody like, and, you know, and, and, and boy, I remember when I started out, I was 25 years old when I started out as a pastor. I uh, can't believe it. Like, you know, second weekend, I'm doing marriage counseling. It's like, this is a little surreal. You know, parenting, counseling, you know. But, you know, but you know what? You, if, you, if you live the life, you earn the respect. Or, or this statement in his second letter, he said, he, he said to Timothy, and by the way, by the way, everybody, Jeff has lived that kind of life in his speech, in his Love and his faith and his purity. That's, that was very important to me to see that in him. And watch him in his relationship with his wife and his relationship with his children. And then Paul said, he said, do your best to present your, yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the, work of, the, the, the word of truth, God's word. I, I saw in Jeff a respect for scripture and a respect for how, how, how it should be taught to others, you know, and I try to impress that on him. So, you know, I, I coached him in preaching, many, many informal conversations about ministry. Something would happen in the life of a church, and I would make sure to capture that moment, and I would go down, and I would talk to Jeff about it. And, and one of the things I just love seeing over and over again is Jeff would take notes. I remember, I can still see him. He would just quickly pull out his notebook, and he'd write down what I was saying to him. He didn't pass it off. He respected it, you know. It was back in 2006 that I began talking with the elder board about Jeff's potential to be the next uh, lead pastor. And, and, and in 2008, the elder board affirmed that they saw this potential in Jeff and they, they gave me permission to keep on mentoring him toward that end. And in 2009, Jeff was asked to join the elder board to attend the elder board meetings as a non-voting member so the elder board could have an opportunity to see him up close and to see how he interacted over different issues having to do with ministry in the church. Add this to Jeff's 12 years at Brookside working together with other staff, participating in staff members, and, and me seeing that everybody on staff absolutely loved Jeff and they respect him. I've never seen anybody that didn't. 
you know, and, and, and leading ministry together with many of you who serve as, as volunteers and serving, and I'd hear over and over from people, man, I just love working with Jeff. He plans everything so well, and he, he leads us so well. I mean, all of that, I was just like checking it off, checking it off, checking it off. Yeah, he's the right guy. He's the right guy. Put all of this together, everybody, and we have somebody who knows our church well. He believes in what we've valued for years. He understands how we do ministry. He knows the culture of our church. And most important of all, he knows many of you. And we have someone we know well. We've grown to respect and love Jeff. We know his love for Jesus Christ. We know his character. We know his genuine love for people. We know his ability for ministry and his ability to lead. And so during this year, this year, the elder board has had a lot of conversations, myself and the elder board, about Jeff's future and my future. And we looked at different options leading to the day that I stepped down as lead pastor. And, and, and we believe that we've arrived at a plan that's going to benefit Brookside in a very significant way. And what, what I'm going to do very quickly here is give you a high-level view of this. And then you need to come back to our congregational meeting on December 8th and we'll unpack it with more detail. Okay, here's the deal. Okay, here's the deal. On September 1 next year, 2014... With the approval of our members, Jeff and I are gonna we're gonna do something that, that's fairly unique. All right. We're gonna take on a co-lead pastor role in our church. So we're gonna you're gonna have two lead pastors. All right? Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Yep, praise God. Hey, good, good. All right. You're gonna love this. I really think you are. And so we're going to continue in those roles through 2016. So you got two years and four months that we're going to be doing this. And, and I'm excited for this, all right, everybody? I mean, really excited because I think Brookside's going to benefit in a big way for two reasons, okay? Here they are. First of all, it gives Jeff and I a period of time to focus on our passions and our strengths, See, let me explain this very quickly. I'm not so much a process kind of a guy, okay? Like, I see where, where I want us to go, but I don't like to spend a lot of time thinking about how we're going to get there, okay? All right? I, I don't. Jeff loves that kind of stuff, okay? So we're, we're going to have the best of both worlds, See, I, I love the idea of being able to have a good two years to focus entirely on preaching and small groups. And Jeff loves the opportunity to dig into planning strategy and leading staff. And at the same time, keep on preaching. Jeff's going to continue preaching because he loves it as much as I do. All right? So I'm like pinching myself like, whoa. Two years and four months I get to do this. And, and, and then there's a second way that this benefits Brookside, okay? It'll give Jeff the time to build his skill in this area before taking on the entire responsibility of being lead pastor, all right? I mean, this is a large church. A lot going on. During this time, I'm going to remain on the elder board I'll continue planning each sermon series. I'll preach approximately 60% of the time. And then I'll continue giving leadership to our small group ministry. In fact, I'll be able to do a whole lot more than what I'm doing now. During the same time, Jeff is going to 
continue on the elder board, but he'll become a voting member. He'll preach approximately 40% of the time. He'll lead the staff. He'll continue, you know, lead all the ministries that come underneath that, and he'll work with the staff and the elders in, in all of our strategic planning and, and, you know, for all of our ministry going forward. Then, so that's for two years and four months. And, um, and then uh, in January of 2017, which is the year I turned 66, and that's weird. I'll, 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 it really is. It's kind of like, really? Me, 66? Uh, so what I'll do is I'll step aside as lead pastor, and Jeff will then become Brookside's lead pastor. And he'll do all of what I've been doing as lead pastor. At the same time, I'm going to stay on staff. I'm sorry, I'm not going away. Okay? All right? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to continue giving leadership. I mean, my whole primary focus is going to be on small groups, which I just, man, I believe in small groups. I mean, they're just like, they're just absolutely core to the life of a church. And then I'll preach approximately 30% of the time. Now, I just want to emphasize one thing before I finish. All of what I've talked about, all you've heard, Okay, and what you're going to hear from Jeff in a minute. The elder board, myself included, knows that the final decision on the co-lead pastor roles and Jeff becoming the next lead pastor is, to is contingent on the approval of you as members of Brookside. This is not something the elder board decides. We believe we've seen God's hand in this, God's faithfulness. We, we believe Jeff's the right person. We believe that the plan that we've got is a very good plan, but we know that the final decision is made by the members of this church, and we love that because you know what it does? It's like a final uh, sign of God's approval, God's will being done, that this is what God wants for Brookside, Okay? So our, our, um, Scott Dingfield, our church chairman, is going to come up in a minute. But the elder board and myself included wanted you to hear from Jeff for a, a bit here. And um, yeah, Jeff. So thanks, bro. All right. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, first, I just want to say I'm, uh, I thought I got the emotions out first hour. Uh, didn't happen. First, I just want to say, though, I'm, uh, I'm truly honored. Um, it's very humbling to look back <clears throat> over the last 12 years and uh, just to see God's blessing um, and, and God's abundant grace on, on Christine and I these 12 years at Brookside. Um, and it's also very humbling and, and very exciting uh, to look and to dream about the future. And I want to say thank you to you. Thank you for, thank you for embracing me and, and my wife and, and, and our family as well. If there's one word that really summarizes my thoughts and my feelings coming into this morning, it's the word blessed. Um, I'm so blessed. I'm so privileged to be here today. Um, I've been blessed by God as Pastor Steve has given me an amazing gift um, not many guys, I actually don't know of any, not many guys, not many people get invested in, not many people get poured into, particularly over the period of several years the way that I have. And then to have this very unique opportunity 
to potentially tr- step into a transition in, a, li- in a, a really thriving church, a church that's really seeing lives being changed. Um, while that's special to me and while it's incredibly honoring, it's very, very rare. And so my gratitude really um, this morning goes, goes beyond words. I've been thinking a lot this week and actually in the last several months um, about how grateful I am that Steve and Becky really had a lot of God-sized courage and, and God-sized faith to follow God's lead, lead and to move their young family to Omaha and to start a church. That's, that's no small thing. And through God's grace, and I mean, think about it, us sitting here today, through God's grace and their diligence and their perseverance over 32 years, we get now get to see and we get to enjoy the fruit of their ministry and the evidence of God's blessing on this place. It's undeniable. It's speaking very personally from the heart from me, I'm grateful that Steve took a risk on me. Um, I'm grateful that he, he threw me into stretching situations. Um, I'm grateful that he wasn't afraid to challenge me. I'm grateful that he pushed me in good ways and he wanted me to get better. I can think of a few conversations that were very pivotal. There were times when Steve would say things to me that were very blunt, but he did it because he cared about me, but also because he cared very much about the church. And so he wasn't afraid to, to, he didn't hold back. I'm grateful for his mentorship. I'm grateful for his investment in me, but I'm also grateful for his friendship over these many years. I'm grateful for it. It means a ton to me. I'm also grateful for each of you. Um, I can look around this room and I can tell you story after story of different people that have come alongside Christina and I, and you have become our partners in ministry, but you've also become great friends to us. It's been huge, huge. The people of this church and the staff, they mean so much to us. I think back on different seasons of ministry and and different faces come to mind, people that had such an impact on us and people who were and people who still do to this day continued to shoulder significant parts of ministry with us. It's amazing. Pastor Steve said it very well. He said, time flies. It seems like just yesterday when I received a call from John Alford and and John was looking for a guest speaker to come out and speak to his high school students and and I was in college, and I was, an in, just an, I was an intern at a church at the time, and I remember leaving Ames very early that Sunday morning to come here and to speak to his students, and I'd never been to Omaha, I'd never been to Nebraska before, and I remember it like it was yesterday, coming across the bridge, kind of approaching our property, and, and this building, this part of the, 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 the building that we're in this morning, um, had just been constructed, so the outside of it was done, and, and this whole addition, the, this room and the lower hallway and all the upper hallway and all the upper lobby spaces. It was, just, it was brand new on the outside, but the inside was a, a complete uh, construction zone. But here's what happened to me. When I pulled up to the property, first I checked the address to make sure I had the right church because this one looked a little bit large for anything I would want to speak at. And, and so I, I checked it and it was right. And I, I kid you not, I was this close to turning around and just calling John and say, sorry, buddy, I got lost. I, I guess the, the thing's over by now. I, I'm going home, sorry. But then another thing happened. I, I finally got the courage to park the car, but unfortunately I went in the wrong door and I ended up getting lost. I came in somewhere down here. I got lost in the construction site. I was almost late by the time I finally got upstairs, which I was thinking that could have ruined the whole next 12 years, you know. But there were two things. There were two things that stood out to me after that first visit. First, I saw an excellent level of ministry happening with students. It was so impressive to me. I had, I had never seen anything like it before. 
Secondly, I met a caliber of volunteers that morning that really kind of put me in awe, people that were shouldering the ministry with the ministry leaders, and it marked my view of this church at that time, and it has continued to amaze me ever since then. I also met John Alford that morning, a guy who would mentor me in student ministry for years and who would have a huge blessing on my life and on our families. I can still vividly remember standing on that stage, and now what is, we remember we remodeled room 221 last year, and I can remember standing on a stage in that room and speaking to those students, and in what was an intimidating morning to me, it led to an opportunity a year or so later, a huge blessing to me to come and to join the staff, the team here at Brookside. Christine and I were talking the other night um, about the phone call that we made while we were sitting in the parking lot. We were sitting on a curb in the parking lot. Um, next to the apartment building that she lived in. And I had just finished college and she was finishing up her senior year at Iowa State. And I left John a voicemail saying, I'm honored to be offered the position and I gladly accept it. And then I looked over at Christina and I knew that I would be proposing to her in a few weeks. And I said very intentionally, we did it. And I was really wanting to plant a seed in her, hoping that she was along for the journey. And I... (laughs) I was banking that she was going to be here, and I got to tell you, I'm so glad that she said yes. She has been such a blessing to me these 12 years. Uh, Back to the word blessed, really, that summarizes my thoughts for this morning. Christine and I have been so blessed in the time that we've been here. This church is a blessing. I love the fact that Brookside Church is a church that is eager to take new ground. I've always felt that way. I love the fact that You won't find, in my opinion, a better team of volunteers that love to get involved and love to see the kingdom of God advanced. I love the fact that Brookside is focused on greater things than just ourselves. I love the fact that this church cares deeply for people who are far from God, that this is a place where people are welcomed, where they find God, where they grow up in him. For our three kids, for Aiden, for Ashlyn, and for Easton, Brookside is the only church that they've ever known And we are so grateful for the influence that it's had in their lives. As I think about the future, words like excited or enthusiastic or passionate, they don't seem strong enough. Because when I was a sophomore in college, God got a hold of my life. And since that time, I've seen this over and over again. Jesus Christ changes lives. He does. Yeah. Glory to him. And you know, you know this as well as I do, that there isn't a person on the planet, there isn't a person on the planet that God the Father doesn't look down on and go, I want that person to know my love, and I want them to experience my grace. And there is no one more worth knowing or more worthy of us living for. I love the church. I love the message of the church and the power that it has to change lives. There have been numerous occasions when I've stood in the back of our auditorium. Sometimes I can, I can remember them back over in that corner or back over in that corner while a service has been going on. And I've had this discussion with God. I've said to God, God, if I can give my life to the work of the church, God, I am willing. If that's what you would have for me. A few weeks ago, I was talking to a guy in our church and, and he said, and I've heard this before, he said, coming to church is the best hour of my week. And when I hear things like that, I think to myself, I want to give my life to helping as many people as possible have that kind of an experience. I want to give my life to being used by God to help as many people as possible experience the grace and the mercy and the joy of following Jesus Christ. 
I want to give my life to the work of the church. And, and this is why. This is why this is so big to me. Because when the church, when, when all of us, when all, everyone in this room, when the church, when the church is at its best, lost people get found. Think about this. People whose eternity is uncertain to them. When the church is at its best, they find God. When the church is at its best, people of faith, they find their God-given and their critical purpose that God has for them on this earth. They find that and they enjoy it and they thrive in it like never before. When the church is at its best, I love this, communities don't need to look long to find leaders with integrity and character and courage. When the church is thriving, when the church is at its best, broken people find healing. When it's at its best, disheartening statistics and predictions about teens and about the next generation and about our kids, they get totally debunked when the church is at its best. When the church is at its best, think about this, the destitute are cared for and the defenseless get defended. It's huge when the church is at its best. And most importantly, when the church is at its best, God gets the glory. God gets all the glory and lives get changed. Brookside, I want to thank you this morning for being who you are. Not only to our family, but also to the city and literally around the world in what God is doing through this church. I think about the last 30 years and the incredible impact that they've had, incredible impact. And I also do this, I dream about the future. I dream about the impact that by God's grace the next 30 years will have. In closing, I just want to say it again. Um, Steve, thank you for believing in me. Um, thank you for giving me potentially an opportunity to steward and to lead something that I know, because I've seen it over the years, means so much to you. So thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, and both of us. All right, thank you, yeah. You know, I, I, I didn't say it when I was talking before because there's so much emotion in me today. But I love Jeff so much. And I'm so grateful to God for the friendship we've had for these years. It's like, God's so good. God is so absolutely faithful, you know, over and over again. Well, uh, Scott uh, Dinkfield, our church chairman, is going to say a word, and, and then we're going to close our time in prayer. Okay, Thanks. Scott? Yeah. April. <laughs> So, wow, what, what do I add to that? I don't know that there's a whole lot to, to add to that. But um, just on behalf of the board and, and, and representing all of you on the board, um, I just wanted to say that it's been a privilege to watch these two guys talk through this and, and all the different plans we've talked about. And so um, uh, it's just a real love mm -hmm. that you see here and, and how much uh, we appreciate that. And, and just one of the things is, you know, when anybody, any organization goes through a big change, there's always kind of why. What, you know, why the change in and what's coming, and um, so that's kind of what the December 8th meeting is all yeah. about, to give it a little more depth to what uh, the decisions and how we got here, and that's where we want to bring your questions, and uh, we want a lot of transparency to, you know, if you have any questions, bring those there and um, answer those and, and go a little bit deeper, but um, I just want to assure you, you know, there isn't a whole lot more why than what you saw here today, that, um, you know, Jeff has not come to us and said, you know, this demanded this position or even asked for it, that 
You know, Steve has really spent years uh, getting the ball rolling, just like you saw today. So it's just been a pleasure to see. You know, I can't, I don't know if anybody can appreciate or any of us can appreciate what it would be like to hand over the keys after 32 years or what will be 36 or so at that point of, of something they've built and just the privilege to see um, how they've honored each other in that. And so I just uh, I commend both of you and just it's fun to see. I think to, I tell them we're, we'll all be able to look back someday and, and see a case study on how great leadership can transition. Uh, so often it's, it's the other way. So uh, thank you for your leadership. Thanks. And so the one challenge in this, and, and that's why December 8th is so important, is that our Constitution, as it's written right now, does not account for a new lead pastor to come into the church from the inside. It is written in such a way that uh, it's the other way around, that it would be somebody from the outside in. And so we need to talk through that and, and uh, give an explanation of, of how we need to deal with that. And later this week, you will receive a letter from Steve and myself that gets a little bit deeper into what that is and, and why that's important. And so um, it's important that you come to the December 8th meeting. It's important uh, for the members of the church that uh, you understand what that is. There'll be a, a vote on all this at some point as well. And so um, that's why that meeting is important. Please, please come and attend that. So that's really what we have for you this morning. Um, and we just thank you for your attention uh, and building into these guys as well and serving Brookside. And so uh, I'd like to pray for them right now. Uh, then Steve's going to pray and close us out, and, and uh, the worship team will... will uh, close out the morning. So uh, if you wouldn't mind standing, let's uh, pray here. So, Heavenly Father, just thank you so much for this morning and for uh, Steve and Jeff and their willingness to give their lives to serve you and to, to lead our church. And we uh, just lift up their families as well. Just thank you so much for Becky and Nikki and Greg and their, the years that they've poured their life into this church and into Steve and and um, same with Christina and Jeff and their family and uh, the the ability to to be uh, families of pastors and the challenges that can bring and the time commitments that are involved in that and we just lift you lift them up to you and ask that you continue to bless them uh, continue to bless Brookside and we just pray that your hands are all over this uh, mm. this church and our future and mm. ask that you just rain down on it and. Uh, allow us to just do powerful things in your name. And uh, we just thank you for, for this process and your, your participation in it. In your name, we pray. Amen. 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 And uh, just so you all know, there's just one other test that uh, Jeff is going to have to pass before he can become lead pastor in 2017. And that is he's going to have to beat me in arm wrestling. So... <laughs> I don't know, Jeff, you know, they may not make it, you know, so, all right, let's, let's pray. Father, above everything else, above everything else, we want to be a church that brings honor to you. God, that's, that's just it, that how we live and what we say and how we do ministry together as a church, that we would bring glory to you. And we do it in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, our resurrected Savior, for your glory. God, we praise you. You are faithful, always faithful. Amen. Let's worship together here. <clears throat>